1: Welcome to the Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels.
2: I'm John Ashton. I'm Neil Michaels. So here we are, and we're glad that you are here too. We've got some great stuff lined up for you today. Trust me on this. And happy Masters Sunday.
3: Indeed. Happy Masters Sunday to you. And it must be the celebration of golf, because I can tell you this is the very first time Since you and I have been doing this podcast, Mm -hmm. that you and I both played 18 in the same week. Whoa. How'd we do? Uh, (laughs) You probably did better than I did. (laughs) Actually, do you remember the pictures like you used to see of Christopher Columbus where he had his, his <laughs> hand on his, on his head like that looking? Yeah, yeah. That, I'm still looking for my short game. <laughs> Nowhere to be found. It was here I
2: when to, I left the house, I swear.
3: <laughs> I have to tell you, everybody who plays golf says kind of the same thing. The best part of my game is, and people will say off the tee or the short game or in the fairway, mm-hmm. mine has always been putting. Right. I, I am a very good putter. I'm fair off the tee. I'm a disaster with my short game. As long as I can get it on the green, I'm usually pretty good about two putting and walk off. Mm -hmm. This weekend, when I played, John, I three putted 10 out of 18 holes. After a while, you go, okay, the greens are fast. The greens are sandy. The greens are this, the greens are that. I seriously took out a compass and tried to attach it to my putter
2: <laughs> so that it would have some
3: idea where it was going.
2: Uh-huh. Not then. Uh-huh. So was it reading it the problem or speed or or?
3: Absolutely, the speed. I, I would tap it and it would still go by. And you know, when you think, okay, I'm going to take this back to the simplest thought process. You know, picture the bucket around the hole. Mm-hmm. So put it within the bucket so you can two putt. Right. I would miss. By eight to 10 feet on even an eight foot putt, It threw me because that's the part of my game I can usually count on.
2: Well, let me, uh, let me play mentor here for a minute, please. Did you spend any time practicing on the putting green before you teed off?
3: This particular course does not have a putting green to practice.
2: Well, on. then stop going there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you heard it Reedy Creek. John Ashton said go play someplace else. Now let me now let me, let me do a little shameless self promotion here. All right. There's a podcast that uh, you may be aware of called Those Weekend Golf Guys. I have heard of that. Hosted yes. by me and by the number one golf instructor in the state of Indiana, Jeff Smith, and on this particular day, mm-hmm. the podcast episode drops where Jeff talks about the six things you have to have. To be a good putter,
3: is one of them. Is one of them direction and another one, speed
2: <laughs> those those are two of the six Co-
3: well those coincidentally two, I, I you know i looked in my bag i looked on the ground i looked in the water i couldn't find either of those two anywhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well then probably you should just dial over to those weekend golf guys right now <laughs>
3: i i think i will do that Who's this john ashton fellow you talk
2: about <laughs> he's a really really cool dude man you gotta love listening to him Trust me. And his trophy wife. (laughs) (laughs) In his own humble, yet nevertheless, expert opinion. There you go. (laughs) I shall do that. Talk about experts in golf, though, man. We've got a guy who's been around the game forever on the show today. It's Rex Hoggard.
3: Rex is a senior writer for GolfChannel.com. And I got to tell you, as we were doing the interview, as we were talking with him, I had a couple of his articles up on screen. Mm Mm-hmm. His writing style is very similar to his talking style. It's it's concise, it's funny, it's insightful. He's terrific. So so listen to him on the podcast and then pull him up on golfchannel.com yeah. and take a, take a read, especially now that it's Masters Week because he's got some great insight and you'll have a chuckle or two along the way.
2: And then maybe you should take advantage of our second guest today too who can hypnotize you into a better golf game. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is true. We do have a... Hypnotist as is part of the golf is a funny game segment, and he is uh, he tells some great stories. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to our friend Jake Asman, who was on a couple of weeks ago, and his Mm -hmm. dad Steve, who runs a company called Gustbusters.com. That's G-U-S-T-B-U-S-T-E-R. Gustbuster, not F. There's no S at the end. Um, And the website is gustbuster.com. They have some of the great golf umbrellas. And we were talking to Jake the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and his dad was nice enough to send both of us a really, really nice golf right. umbrella.
2: That umbrella, uh, by the way, can withstand a wind gust of up to 50 miles an hour, hence the I name. I
3: saw that. Yeah. It was kind of amazing because in you know, most places that you live, especially if it's on the East Coast, when you get a big rain, that's one thing. But when you get a rain and the big gusty wind... The umbrella has no value. Generally, a <laughs> normal umbrella has no value at all, except maybe so that you can start singing and dancing. Uh, little Mary Poppins that sounds, action.
2: That's exactly right. <laughs> little chim chim Cheree. Here we go. Yeah, Gus Buster
3: will get the job done.
2: They certainly will. And hang out because Rooks is going to, of course, we're going to be talking about the Masters and other golf associated stuff when we come right back. We are the approach shot. Stick with us.
3: Hi, this is Neil Michaels. Did you know that two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35? And lucky me, I'm one of them! Thanks, Grandpa, for the crummy hair jeans. Thank goodness now there's Keeps, the simple, stress free way to keep your hair. Before Keeps, I keeps my hair all right in my brush, in the sink, and I definitely Keeps my hair on the floor. Well, with Keeps, you get convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered in discreet packaging right to your door every three months without ever leaving home. Best of all, Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Isn't keeping your hair worth $10 a month? Listen, right now, for listeners of The Approach Shot, your first month's treatment is absolutely free. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so the sooner you start using keeps the sooner you will see results seriously if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss go to keeps.com approach to receive your first month of treatment for free you have to use this special web address to receive this offer that's keeps.com approach to get your first month free keeps.com approach
2: and here we are the approach shot. I am John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels and we have with us yet another stellar member of the sports reporters community, Rex Hogarth. golfchannel.com expert on golf and who would we better have on on a Masters Sunday than you, Rex? How you doing? I know you're at the uh, Masters right now. How things over there in Augusta, Georgia going for you, man?
4: I am. It's fun to be here after being here in November and it feels like the Masters. And I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy being here in November, but without having fans on property, patrons on property, the golf course played so differently. I just think that coming back and the golf course is absolutely perfect. It's where everyone wants it to be. There's, there's patrons back. It just feels more like the Masters. So it's, it's fun. This it feels like April.
3: Just so everybody knows, we're recording this on Wednesday. And this will be available on Sunday. So anything we say between now and then that makes no sense on Sunday, we're not responsible.
4: <laughs> no, I, I say no. I say we just go ahead and lean into this. We just talk about the winner. I think Bryce Bechembo was a deserving champion, and you know he did everything he had to do. He made the putts when he needed to.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly, the odds on him just went woo.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe course- that. He was not my pick by the way. So I I'm totally tongue in cheek, but yeah.
3: <laughs> Is the course gonna play long?
4: Uh, no, no, it's gonna play very short. I, I don't I was just out talking with Adam Scott and he kinda compared it to the year that Zach Johnson won, which we all remember it was cold mm-hmm. that year it was windy, that year it was hard, fast, firm. And it's very similar. I mean, it's warm I and mean, we don't have the wind. But it, like I said, the golf course is exactly where they want it. They haven't gotten a lot of rain here so far this spring. And they're really good about doing what they want with this golf course anyway. But when you don't put any rain in the forecast and they can pretty much dial it to exactly what they want, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a test. I can guarantee you. I don't guarantee much in life. But 20 under is not winning the tournament.
2: Wow. The, the greens in November, they weren't quite as fast as – they normally are they they run it i, I think i think you could putt on glass easier than you can put on the greens at augusta if if you're not you know a professional golfer because we like you are like a 14. I'd rather putt on grass than a,
4: the hole in number eight
2: yeah because <laughs> because we're you know 14 15 16 handicaps a lot like you and and wish we were better but alas you know work gets in the way and you can't You can't play golf and hit a thousand balls a week. Then
4: have I frozen? I blame my kids. I don't blame work. I blame my kids. All (laughs) three of them. (laughs) Yeah, it could have been good if the kids had never been born, man. I mean, the 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 advantage I have right now is I have one that wants to play golf, so that's my excuse. So it's coming all back around. It's coming full circle. Yeah, Yeah. right. But. So how did you get involved in reporting on golf? It was really out of just pure laziness, if I'm being completely honest. It like, no, that's easy. The grass is literally greener over there. So, yeah, that's what got me. And then a buddy of mine who I had been with pretty much since college started working at the Golf Channel running their website. And that team ended up hiring really uh, just in a charity case I kind of following friends at every step of the way. <laughs>
2: Have any of the the shakeup at the Golf Channel with their moving their TV operations to uh, Connecticut, that hotbed of golf, had any effect on on you guys? Is it, that right for a living?
4: Uh, no, not really. It um, and, and I, I take great pride in this. It seems like every time I take a new job, I get a little bit closer to home. Golf <laughs> Week was about 50 miles from my home. Golf Channel was about ten miles from my home, and now they moved to Connecticut. They have actually built a studio in my home, so I can't get any closer, <laughs> but I think I've, I've, I've struck gold. Like, this is, this is it. I'm in nirva- nirvana. I, I have to get up and walk to the very next room and go to my office. Perfect. <laughs> If they'll only
3: put a, a green in your backyard.
4: I mean, that that sounds like something we should start. Hashtag Chipping green. I, I yeah. love that. Let's get this stone going.
2: Yeah, change your name to Jim Nance, <laughs> man.
4: A membership somewhere would work for me as well. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing setup he has at his house. I would never leave my backyard if I had that in my backyard.
2: Oh, I know, man. I want to come back in another life as Jim Nance. That's just my goal
4: not to hijack the podcast but we were just having this conversation uh, we were up at the scrum area waiting for some players and someone said something about well, if, if you could be any golfer who would you be and, like someone mentioned Jack Nicklaus and I kind of rolled my eyes and I said find Daisy Freddie Couples I mean you only have one Masters but you're Fred Couples for the rest of your life I mean how cool <laughs> is that <laughs>
2: Yeah, and you've got that swing. So pretty to watch him swing,
4: man. Uh, you have the swing. He's always the coolest guy in the room. Yeah. You, you, like, every two years, you're you're a vice captain for one team or another, and you just go hang out, have fun. Like that is a stress free, special kind of life.
2: Yeah, and like you said, you're Freddie Couples for the rest of your life,
4: and you're Fred Couples. Yeah, you're I yeah. you, you know, probably it's...
2: never buy a meal for the rest of your life. <laughs> probably.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. So
3: I want to bring up something that happened last night. Apparently at the or Tuesday last...
2: night, as the case may be.
3: Tuesday night. That's right. Tuesday <laughs> night. Well, last night for you know those of us who do Wednesdays. Last night at the champions dinner, apparently there was some fun with Phil Mickelson. Did you get an earful of this? Uh, I
4: did not hear about Tuesday night at the at the champions dinner. There were some really cool stories, and I just talked to Adam Scott really about the dinner. There was a really cool story that's kind of an older story about Pavlovia. Pavlovia. Yeah, I believe that. Is that yeah. it uh yeah i wrote that story earlier this week i hadn't heard that i mean it's perfectly phil Mickelson. it uh i I don't know if you know what pavlova is and my wife actually knows how to make it because i have some australian friends but it's like a meringue type australian dessert it's delicious and that was adam scott's that was part of his champion's dinner meal that year and and phil being phil sees it and immediately launches into this long explanation about oh it's named that because of a russian ballerina who's touring in australia and the chef fell in love with her and her beauty and the way she could dance and named this dessert after her. Well, everyone just immediately called BS because he's Phil and because he's always doing it. Like he's always throwing nonsense out there. And so like Zach Johnson, apparently just called him out immediately. Like that didn't happen. Like a hundred bucks. That's not true. Even the chairman who was Billy Payne at the time, even the chairman who was Billy Payne at the time, called him out like that. That's not happening. And unbeknownst to everybody in the room, Bill's daughter was a dancer and she had done this report and sure enough, he was right, and he probably made about 500 bucks in bet that night.
2: <laughs> which, which, from what I understand of Phil, is a bad day gambling for him.
4: Yeah, he didn't even pick it up off the table. i sure he just left it at the tip, <laughs> but it was just the idea that he took money off his gut. <laughs>
3: 500 bucks didn't
4: have to pick up a club. That's a pretty good day.
2: So how many masters is this for you, Rex? Uh, I was adding
4: it up the other day. This is my 15th, Whoa. Which, which makes me feel a mixture of old and, and lucky.
2: That's the bucket list for so many people who like to, to watch golf, is to first get get the ability or the, the opportunity to get a master's ticket and then to actually score one and get in there.
4: It, it takes a little, little shaking for me, you know, because I hate to say this, but sometimes it can be a job and you sort of get locked into not paying attention to the floor and fauna and, and specifically the floor and fauna mm-hmm. this week. But it, it, something always happens to snap me out of it. And this week of all weeks, it was my son when he called me Tuesday night and he goes, Hey, can you stop and get me a hat and whatever? And I've never gotten them anything. It was like the excitement in his voice got me excited and reminded me that this is a big deal. You need to appreciate it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is terrific.
2: We do get jaded so many times by stuff that we take for granted that others get excited about. We're going to get excited about some more stuff, too. We've got some more conversations with Rex Hogarth. We'll get to them as soon as we get back. This is The Approach Shop. Hang out with us. You know, men's health doesn't get uh, much attention at all. And that's partly our fault, guys, because we hate going to the doctor. And we definitely don't like talking about sensitive issues. We don't share our feelings. Well, here's the thing. A lot of men's health issues have really simple solutions, ironically. And RexMD.com is here for that. You see, RexMD makes getting prescription ED medication easy. It's all done online and from the comfort of your home is delivered. No office visits, no talking to the receptionist. Super simple. And Right now, sample packs of ED medications are available for listeners of the approach shot, and I'll tell you how to get those in a second, so it's simpler than ever to get started. Here's how it works. You fill out a quick medical questionnaire on their website, and a doctor reviews your situation and prescribes you the ED medication you need, if appropriate. Then your medication is shipped right to your door with free two-day shipping. Those sample pack prescriptions I mentioned are available at rexmd.com approach. REXMD.com slash approach to get started with REXMD rexmd.com slash approach.
1: Attention anyone who is impacted by the current pandemic and has $2,000 or more in credit card debt. If any credit card companies extended your credit with attractive interest rates or low minimum balances, and now because of it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt. Here's some really great news. It happened to millions of people at no fault of their own. But thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate Interest charges altogether. That's right, our nationwide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. We've helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today.
0: Call Credit Guard of America now at 800 672 6925 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. The call and information are free. Call 800 672 6925. That's 800 672 6925. 800 672 6925
2: all right it is us back again john ashton along with neil michaels the approach shot our guest rex hogard golf writer extraordinaire live from the uh, the media center at augusta national golf
4: course i can give you a tour you want to see it real quick? sure
2: yeah show us show us around
4: how- i'm sure this is going
3: to translate well this is an audio podcast but- <laughs> yeah
2: how- Man, it looks yes. like I said I it looks, looks kind of empty over there.
4: No, the protocols it's because it's a limited number of media folks oh, okay. allowed. I think it's about a third of what it would normally be. So it's and it's that's more than what we have here in November. So it's working its way back up, but it it is a limited number and, and it has a big windows in the front of the room and the windows overlook the other side of the range. Oh, okay. and just in case you you were thinking that maybe maybe Augusta National didn't think of anything, yes. Glass in the window is bulletproof in case someone, Bryson, I'm talking to you, hits a drive into the window.
2: You say only a third of the uh, normal media contingent was that by invitation only, or was it the first third to apply for credentials, or how did they make those uh, assessments as who was going to come and who wasn't?
4: Uh, you apply. I mean, they they okay. decide obviously and, and they were they were pretty good this time around kind of asking they're looking to cut the f- footprint anyway but they were kind of they were really good about asking exactly who needs to be here who doesn't have to be here um i, I think they're the, the pandemic in a weird way has made everyone take a hard look at how the game of golf is covered and maybe we could do it better be do it more efficiently and it's not just about access that's a big part of it but if you can have a, a, maybe a little bit smaller footprint, those who are there are going to have better access They're probably going to have a better opportunity to report the stories that people want to read.
3: I wanted to ask you about
4: tiger. I read your
3: article uh, that came out on the seventh about uh, the accident. But before we get to that, how is the masters without tiger
5: woods there?
4: Uh, you know, if you read uh, another article that's going to come out later on the seventh, <laughs> that's going to be, uh, that, that's going to be my column because it's, this isn't the first Masters he missed. He's missed actually quite a few over the last few years. as He's dealt with back injuries, but this one is obviously different. That's why I walked up and talked to Adam Scott today, just because I wanted to get an idea what the dinner was like and what it's been like for those who are close to him, JT, Freddie, all of these guys who save Masters Masters week because it's the Masters, but also because it's an opportunity to hang out with Tiger Woods. I mean, mm-hmm. JT told this great story about every Tuesday, it's it's Tiger, it's Freddie, and it's JT in a practice round and with your J T, can you think of a better place to spend your Tuesday? But there's always that subtle tiger needle and then that towards the end of the round he does it every time. It's like, hey, what are you doing for dinner tonight? And it's just it's a really cool way of going you're not going to the championship. And so what are you doing? You don't have one of these <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going to eat? McDonalds for you? Oh that's good. Yeah I'll be at the championship. <laughs> And so it's, uh, and I was just talking to Adam and my guest Ben Crenshaw, who's become sort of the unofficial MC of the Champions Dinner, and he always tells these great stories. He actually got a message from Tiger, and he read it to the group, and it was from what I, what I was kind of told about. it, it was very upbeat, he was very thankful that everyone remembered him. And uh, like I said, he has missed them before. He's missed a lot of me. He's missed a lot of tournaments with injuries over the years. But given the severity of the injuries, given how horroring that accident looked. I mean, anyone who saw that car is, is just happy he walked away from it, to be frank. And everything that factors into what he means to this place, this tournament, Augusta National. I, I think this one, more than maybe any of the ones he's missed, means so much.
3: Well, I'm just watching him. You know, it is it is one thing to the, – the great thing about – where the game is right now is that that there are so many superstars that have developed over the last few years. Torch was passed to, but uh, without Tiger, there definitely feels like there's
4: something missing. No, and and I mean, the honest to God, I mean, honestly, he wasn't playing great before the accident, so I'm not quite sure if, if you know he would have been even considered one of the favorites heading into this week. But again, it's just what he means to this tournament. I mean, just having him here on property, even if he wasn't playing, would be very special.
2: Again, let's uh, preface this by saying that we're rec- recording this before the tournament has begun, and we're airing it on Master Sunday. So let me ask you, at the risk of, of uh, hurting your reputation, uh, but because I'm in Louisville, okay. Kentucky, and I know people who know him and we know his dad, what do you think JT's – Chances of winning a Masters, either this year or sometime soon, might be.
4: Yeah, there's no way this podcast phases well for any of us, uh, <laughs> but I'll go ahead and give it a shot. But, uh, I, mean, I picked JT. It's one of my favorites. I picked uh, he and Patrick Reed and Brian Harmon, was, I guess kind of my dark horse. Um, but the reasons were obvious. I mean, him winning the Players' Championship just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. not a major in my mind, was on a very difficult golf course against the deepest field. In golf, And if you look at his finishes over his first four trips down there, mm-hmm. he's gotten better, progressively better every year, all the way to a fourth place finish just last fall. And I just think there's a learning curve that it takes players, younger players a little while. And I just feel like he's coming around on it and he's right on the learning curve. He's obviously playing well. And I don't think you should, I can have a good time laughing about it, but you can't discount what those practice rounds with Freddie and yeah. Tiger mean, I mean, he has learned a lot over the years.
2: It's, it's going to be a, an ego stroke for him, too, to be invited to be included in those practice rounds with Freddie and Tiger, I would think, being the, the young kid that he is.
4: Uh, I mean, honestly, it might be, he might hurt his ego a little bit about the way he, uh, Tiger and Freddie give him the needle about the Champions <laughs> Center. But, yeah, I, I think so. I think he, he, he understands and he appreciates how special it is, the relationship that he and Tiger have. And it's reciprocal. I mean, he's gone over and seen Tiger. And Rory talked about this as well this week about, you know, it's kind of important for those guys in South Florida to make sure that Tiger doesn't feel alone or isolated right now after everything he's been through. And I think all everyone I think Freddie texted him four or five times on Tuesday, and you're kind of like, man, the dude's trying to wreck, and you're texting four or five times. But I think it's good for Tiger. Yeah.
2: Neil has put together six questions he would like to ask you. Uh, we do it to everybody. Put you on the hot seat, call the six-pack of questions, and we're going to come right back with the approach shot and give a six-pack to Rex Hogarth. Stick with us. Just like you, I've been working from my home office all year. And just like you, I get up every once in a while and walk around because my butt went to sleep. And I say to myself, and I'm sure you do too, why can't somebody, somebody somewhere make a chair that's both good-looking and comfortable? Well, they have. It's called an X-chair. And the secret is not only their patented Dynamic Variable Lumbar Support, or DVL, which offers unbelievable lumbar support to my lower back, but now thanks to their new XHMT technology, I can also get heat and massage therapy while I'm sitting at my desk. That's right. (laughs) My X-chair has heat and massage features. Features. Does your chair do that? No? Then you need an X chair, and it's on sale now for one hundred dollars off. Go to xchairgolfguys.com dot now. That's the letter X chair golfguys dot com, or call one eight four 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 X chair. X chair has a thirty day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as thirty bucks a month. Go to xchairgolfguys dot now and use the code X wheels for free X wheel blade casters chair dot com. All right, Neil, do your stuff, man.
3: Rex, we do this to everybody, as John said. So don't feel like there's any way you could possibly mess up here. We're putting you on the hot seat for the six pack of questions. Ready? Uh, let's go. Am I on the clock? Do I have to make them quick, or Can they be? You have to make them quick. You have to <laughs> Got make it. them quick. Question one: What's been the favorite? Your favorite event to cover?
4: Uh, the Masters. That one's easy. Uh, this place is special. There's so many traditions here, and you do look forward to coming back every year.
3: All right. Question two: Living or dead? Who would you like to have a
4: beer and talk sports with? Oh, we just did this one. Freddie Couples. Come on, this is easy. If I could be anybody, it'd be Freddie Couples. One major, but you're Freddie Couples. And you know, if, if you're having a beer with Freddie Couple, someone's going to buy it for you. You don't even have, have to buy it. Someone at the bar is going to buy it for you.
3: I didn't realize this was going to come down to who's buying the beer but okay <laughs> Right. question three most golfers remember one hole or one round that they played that far exceeded their ability
4: what's one that you recall uh 12 here at augusta when i got pulled in the lottery a couple of years ago and i put it in the azalea bushes left and i remember my caddy was just kind of rolling his eyes like just grab it out of there and pull it out like you know he had had it by then and he was done with me But I I, I crawled back into the azaleas and and hacked it out and made like a 10-footer for par. I felt like a king of the world.
3: (laughs) They might have actually been putting a crown together for you after that. (laughs) Question four, what's your favorite golf word or golf expression?
4: Favorite golf word or golf expression? Um, Sounds pretty good. Four left, I guess, because that's the one I say the most. I'm going to go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there you go. We always say, we
3: actually had somebody say, four was their least.
4: I say enough. I seems like it's my favorite.
3: <laughs> Question five What one thing that you covered had you laughing so hard that as you wrote it, you didn't think you'd finish your article?
4: Oh, I, I wrote a book. It was a bad book. And years and years ago, and I'm sorry, the story is going to be longer than you want it to be. But uh, John McGinnis did, it gave me some stories about Caddy. He had the best story ever. And he's playing a nationwide tour event, corn contrary tour event. And he tees off, and he birdies the first three holes, and he gets to the fourth hole, and he kind of asks – he turns his caddy and asks for the number. Uh, he turns his caddy to grab a club, and the caddy goes, uh, 53 front, uh, 74 middle. And like John's looking around, and he's like, it, it's a par four. What are you talking about? And he goes, no, it's it's a par three. It's, and he's looking at his book, and he goes, uh, where are we at? And John thought, okay, front nine, back nine, mix up. And he goes, we started on the back nine, switched the book around. And he goes, no, where are we at? And he goes, Hershey. I got last week's blow. <laughs> and so everybody on the tee box, everyone on the tee box starts laughing. And then once the laughter dies down, the caddy's response was, we ain't been 300 in a long time. Let's just stick with this one. <laughs> 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 could barely write that
3: down. <laughs> Best story we've heard in quite a while. All right. Question six is unfortunately a little more serious. Since we are the approach shot in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by?
4: Oh, play it as a lie. I guess that would be it, right? Mm. I mean, that's the one I, I've tried to teach my kids and that's the one I, I try to live by. I mean, metaphorical, of course, but yeah, I mean, you're going to have difficult lies in life and you, you need to address them the way you would if you were on the golf course. Play by all of the rules. Play it as a lie and it doesn't matter if it doesn't come out right. And just go back and find it and hit it again. But play it as a lie. And you, sir, are off the hot seat. Well played. But that that was
2: concerning, man. I was worried about that.
3: <laughs> I did see I did see a little sweat up here, you know, right over yeah.
2: there. Right, guys.
3: Well Rex, uh, have a great Masters and we'll be looking for more articles on golfchannel.com and uh, people want to find your stuff. What's the best place to look? Uh,
4: golfchannel.com or uh, on Twitter. So yeah, check me out.
3: Thanks again for joining us. We'll be we'll be looking for you and uh, we appreciate you spending time with us today on the
0: approach show.
2: I want to talk to you about a company called Supply. Supply brings the barbershop style shaving experience right into the convenience of your own home. You know, the Single Edge is a fully metallic single blade razor designed to provide the closest, most comfortable shave ever. And using a single blade to shave minimizes the risk of irritation, bumps, and ingrown hairs. It's great for head shaving and it's great for women too. The Single Edge comes with three proprietary shave settings. There's sensitive, there's comfortable, and there's ultra close. So you can customize your shave to your preferences. The best part is the injector blades the Single Edge uses are non-proprietary. That means they've been in production for hundreds of years and you can buy them from multiple brands. A three-month supply costs you about six bucks. So you save a ton in the long run. Shaving cream and post-shave are alcohol free. Skincare products are water-free and they all have no harmful chemicals and are organic, sustainable and food grade. All products come with a 100-day trial and a lifetime warranty. Go to supply.co and use the promo code GOLF15 to save 15%. That's supply.co.
0: Hello, it is time now for, how you say, golf is a funny game. <laughs> Big your hosts John Ashton and Neil Macalse. <laughs>
2: I think your uh, big voice guy's getting a little bored with this whole thing, Neil.
3: <laughs> I think he needs to start doing it at, at least in three or four other languages. <laughs> if, we, if we're gonna do the French accent, which is great, we at least need like Italian. <laughs> now we're getting into the spring, we need Spanish, we need some other things. Just you know, just to keep us from getting bored.
2: Uh Adam Jones, how are you, sir?
3: I'm doing well. How are you?
2: We haven't a complaint in the world, do we?
3: We do not. And, and we have learned long over time that the only two people who care about our complaints are pretty much the two of us. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so we just sort of skip past that. Adam is a hypnotist and comedian, a comic hypnotist. Is that, is that how we should
5: categorize you? I call myself a comedy stage hypnotist. Yes.
3: Whose uh, slugline is reality can be rewritten. One of the things I thought was really Interesting about this, Adam, about meeting you, is that probably 15 years or so ago, I went to a show starring uh, the Amazing Kreskin. Me being the shy person that I am, when he asked for volunteers, my hand went up, you know, instantly. (laughs) So I'm up on the stage. He whispers to us as he goes by. Now listen, if I tap you on the shoulder, that means you know you're you're good. Time to go off the stage. And he put us under. And I will remember this like it was yesterday. He said. To us, put your arm up in the air with your elbow up and your hand down. And then I remember he did that, and about, I don't know, 30 seconds later, a minute later, he taps me on the shoulder and I go off the stage. I go back to my table, and my ex wife says, Do you know how long you were up on the stage with your arm in the air? And I said, A minute and a half, two minutes. He goes, And she says, 45
5: minutes. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> 45
3: minutes. Well, yep. 45
5: minutes. You know, it's funny you say that because I was doing a show one night and I end my show by telling the subjects, when I count to three, you're going to open your eyes, you'll be fully awake. You won't remember anything until either you step down on the main floor or I tap you on the shoulder and say, remember. And then I send some of them down. I interview some of the better subjects and I did it one night and I sent this guy down. I end the show, I'm talking to people and he walks up to me. And he says, you said, I I don't remember a show happening. He said, you said right before we left the stage that it didn't work and that we weren't doing anything and you were going to give your paycheck back and all of this. He goes, and then somebody just showed me a video of me dancing. And I'm really disappointed (laughs) because I don't know what's going on. And I looked at him and I said, did you not hear the whole suggestion? And he said, I just know that I don't remember anything. Ha-. And I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, remember it now. And in mid sentence, he just stops and he looks down into the right and he looks back at me and goes, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and he just turns around and walks away. And it's bizarre stuff like that happening all the time. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. What happens off stage sometimes more than what happens on stage. So obviously
3: you have stories. If you really want to enjoy this, go to hypnotizedshow.com because that's Adam's website and you will see people dancing and uh, there's some great things on there.
5: It is fun. And there are, you know, there are certain sort of standards that if you're going to do a hypnosis show, you're probably going to include, right? You're going to have people dancing. You're going to have people feeling hot, feeling cold. And the fun things are when something happens that is sort of out of the mainstream of what normally happens there. I mean, if you're doing dancing, and you almost always will have some kind of 45-year-old individual who gets up to dance and twerks to the DuckTales theme song or something like that, <laughs> you know, and that's that's hilarious. But then you get these these moments of something that's much more subtle. I do a routine in my show where I implant someone in their brain with a human autocorrect like on your cell phone, but just like on your cell phone, it malfunctions. So the thing that you intend to say is not the thing that comes out of your mouth. Oh, <laughs> and uh, I have a routine in my show where they're on this roller coaster and I'm playing it up. Like it is super dangerous. Uh, I've already implanted the suggestion in this guy's head that everything he says is just going to be completely mixed up. But apparently this guy is an adrenaline junkie. So when I say, You're about to ride on the fastest, most dangerous roller coaster in the entire world. He jumps up and like thrust his hand into the air and just yells, mega eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Moments like that that you can't predict, you can't expect. And they're just hilarious.
2: So, Adam, when, when did you make the decision to be funny with hypnosis and not like teach people to quit smoking or lose weight?
5: Well, I actually do that side of things too. I got into hypnosis through the stage hypnosis side of things when I saw a show in college and I went into it really skeptically. And then one of my good friends in college, who was this quiet, unassuming guy, becomes the star of the show that night and is absolutely hilarious with all he's doing on stage. And I looked at it and I thought, that is the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. I want to learn how to do that. Several years later, I actually got to study with the same hypnotist who was doing the show that night, a guy named Michael C. Anthony. And that's kind of how I got into it. And I still love it. You know, with this last year with COVID, obviously there haven't been a whole lot of any kind of stage productions, right. but I am hoping very much that I'll be able to get back to it very soon. I've already got some uh, interest in things. Uh, I love doing the coaching side of things, but I've always been a performer since mm. I was a little kid okay. and being up on stage and getting the crowd laughing. Uh, sometimes the crowd is the best part of the show um, <laughs> because you don't know, you know, if I do a high school or a college or something, you don't know if the star of the show that night is the student body president or the the captain of the football team. You just know the audience is really responding to this particular person really well. Mm-hmm. So you milk it for what it's worth. There's a lot of complete cluelessness when you get on the stage, which for me is part of the fun, it's, it's almost part of the risk of the whole endeavor.
2: So you learned how to hypnotize people while you were in college?
5: I started studying it a little bit in college. Okay. It's actually only a, a few years ago that I started with stage hypnosis university.
2: I was just wondering how many, how many women might have, you know, lapses in memory during college, <laughs> you know, you can get in trouble
3: uh, for that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> no, Adam, didn't you go to school to
5: be a lawyer? I did. I did, yeah. I um, graduated from Troy University in 2004, and then went to Cumberland School of Law. Being a lawyer was just not for me, so I didn't stick with it for very long. Uh, I found hypnosis to be a lot more fun. It brought me a lot more laughs and a lot more fulfillment at the end of the day. So, and fewer um, people
2: hating you.
3: I'm kind of envisioning exactly. the <laughs> hypnosis lawyer. You get somebody on the stand. <laughs> <you say. laughs> You know, you raise your right hand, you swear that you're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And as soon as they say that, boom, they're
5: under. <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah, honestly, so... it's a lot of the same principles. Um, when I when I watch lawyers or I watch even politicians speaking, and I see them using some of these same language patterns and these same you know basic principles of communication, I'm like, oh yeah, I I recognize what you're doing there.
3: Wow, you could peel yeah. the the curtain back on some interesting things by teaching us that. One of my favorite bits that you do. The drinking
5: problem. Yes. (laughs) You want to explain to people what that is? Uh, So basically, I tell somebody they're going to get really, really thirsty, and I'm going to offer them a bottle of water. And when they try to drink the bottle of water, if you've ever seen the movie Airplane – Uh, where the main character talks about having a drinking problem and every time he goes to drink it just flops (laughs) into his face that's essentially what the routine is um and so uh, that always gets a great response because they're trying desperately and they're getting more and more thirsty by the moment the water's falling all down (laughs) their shirt and their face and that's that's definitely a crowd favorite, that one right there.
2: So note to self, ever see an Adam Jones show bring change of clothes. Gotcha. Okay.
5: <laughs>
3: Correct. And then there's another where um you have people throw an invisible
5: ball to each other. So it's actually a nose. That is it's the a nose. <laughs> that is the second part. I set it up where I take a person's nose like you do to a three-year-old child. And I have them completely believe that I am holding their nose in my hand when I've got my thumb in between my fingers. And they, they like, get very upset. And then I get really mean, and I say, hey, you down there, stand up. And we start tossing the nose back and forth and playing a game of keep away with this person's nose. And the more frustrated they get, the more the audience loves it, and the more I love it, and... (laughs) Ultimately, I'm a big five-year-old, is what this boils down
2: to. Additional (laughs) note to self. Next time you go to an Adam Jones show, do not volunteer. Okay.
3: (laughs) Or (laughs) super glue on your nose. (laughs) Adam, do these – would you get to a point where you do these for corporate gigs? Mm -hmm. Is the hierarchy of, you know, boss and director and manager, do those people allow themselves to volunteer and to be put through some of this in front of their people? Or are there people who are like, no, I'm not doing, I'm not, nope, not me.
5: There are some that will will jump on it and, and love it. And of course, the employees love it. And then there are some that are that are much more reserved. The worst thing that can happen is if nobody knows that you're coming and you're a hypnotist and then you get in there and they introduce you and you are talking to a room full of people who were not expecting this. The odds of getting volunteers, you want to switch to some mentalism or something at that point. But if you can get even one of the the officers on board with it and get them up there. And if they're a good subject, it, it certainly is a very popular and I think very good team building activity because, you know, humor helps people bond with each other mm-hmm. and sure. seeing each other as human is something I think in society in general, we need a lot more of Oof. right now. And any way that we can do that, I think ultimately is going to be good for us as people and for corporations as well, just as businesses um, to build some camaraderie and teamwork there. Yeah,
3: especially I think every this. business should have a, a CFO or a CEO that has to stand up on a stage and either dance or balk like a chicken or chase down to try to catch their nose.
5: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: <laughs> it really does humanize you in a way that you couldn't do otherwise.
2: And when they turn you down for that, race, say, hey, I've got a video of you dancing like a chicken and it's going up <laughs> online. All right, let's renegotiate.
5: You know, there's there's a routine that I do that I love because it gives family and friends eternal blackmail. Either I take two people or I do it with just one person and I switch their fan rivalries. So if I've got like a, like an Auburn fan and an Alabama fan on stage, I will turn the Alabama fan into an Auburn fan and vice versa. Wow. You know, then you've got this person, maybe even decked out in crimson and white yelling war Eagle at the top of their lungs. (laughs) I did it one night. It was, this girl happened. She had red hair and she was wearing a blue shirt. And I I did the trigger and she jumps up and yells War Eagle. And then she's like, look, Auburn colors. And she's pointing at her hair and her shirt. And a friend of hers emailed me and said, you don't even know how funny it was on the way home. Because she kept like scraping her mouth out. And she was like gargling <laughs> when we got home. She said there was this nasty taste in her mouth. I thought, That's a win right there.
3: <laughs> was there something one bit that just completely went in a place you didn't expect it to
5: and was absolutely hilarious. One that comes to mind, and it was a very subtle thing, but I, I don't know that I've had an audience go quite as wild as as when this really strange random moment happens. It was dealing with roller coaster routine. I had a mix of adults and kids on the stage. This guy probably in his forties obviously a dad and he's got two high schoolers on either side of him i started the roller coaster off and i said all right you're going down the first hill and everybody else on the stage throws their arms straight up in the air and starts doing the scream like you do when you're rolling down a hill this dad just instinctively throws his arms out to either side (laughs) to protect the high schooler on either side of it And it was such a sweet, sincere moment. And the audience, I had, I've never seen that happen before since. And the audience completely loved it. So uh, that was, that was a fun one.
2: Well, since, since as you mentioned, uh, things are uh, beginning to loosen up a little bit and you never know, you might actually be allowed to be in public again soon. Why don't you give a little shameless self-promotion, no. Adam? How do people get in touch with you? And uh,
5: If you want to find me uh, for my stage show, it is Uh H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-C-I-Z-E-D show.com. And you can go on there, you can view the trailer for my show and you can click the button to schedule a free call and figure out how uh, you can schedule me to come and do a show for your organization. It's a lot of fun. Uh, We do fundraisers. We do grad nights. We do proms, after parties, whatever. Um, Just call me, talk to me, and uh, we'll see how we can make it work for you. Adam
2: Jones. Thanks for not hypnotizing either of us. At least right. we, think you, we think you didn't. <laughs> we'll have to listen to the tape. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If it turns out that
3: I turned out to be funny, then obviously it worked.
2: <laughs> We've got more Hangout. is the approach chat We'll be right back.
0: Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply.
2: Men, want to feel younger, stronger, leaner? You don't have to slow down after 40. Frank Thomas found the secret to staying in shape
5: with the energy and drive of his 20s. Man, you look like you could still hit it a mile. I feel great, too. What gives? After 40, men slow down. It's harder to stay in shape. Why? Our free testosterone levels drop.
2: i got to try Nugenix Total Tea. Text GRIT to 321321 for your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea. That's G-R-I-T to
5: 321321.
2: There you have it. Another stellar edition in the books, in the can, on the shelf, whatever the proper terminology is. We did it.
3: Hold on, I think you need to tap yourself on the shoulder twice for you to get out of your trance. (laughs) Oh, here I am. Hello.
2: (laughs) You know, somebody tried to hypnotize me once and couldn't. Is that right? Yeah, my brain just never shuts down. They tell me to relax. I go, I can't. John, people have listened to you on this podcast. They know your brain shuts down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Next week, tune in for a new co-host with the approach. (laughs)
3: We love each other, we do. Come back and, and listen to us next week where we will have yet another phenomenal, I'm not going to tell them, we have another phenomenal guest, and we know who it is, but we you do know. Just a little hint? Sure, go ahead. I know you have a hint in mind. Sprinkles! A <laughs> sprinkle a day.
2: <laughs> Boy, okay. <laughs> the uh, normal social media platforms, yes, we are there in our resplendent glory. Yes, we are. First off, there's ApproachShot.net. And the Facebook and the rest is up to you to tell. Approach Shot <laughs> Podcast.
3: Right. And okay. on Twitter, it is at the approach shot. Okay. So hit us up on hit us up on any of those. Um, take a listen to any place that you would download a podcast. And if you're new to us, which I'm delighted to say we have a lot of new people that joined us in the last two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, take a listen to some of our early podcasts. You'll you'll hear some people like Joey Greco and Ken Harvey. James Blake, a lot of those folks. So take a listen to some of those previous podcasts. We think you'll enjoy those
2: as well. You will be entertained and you may even learn something. I know we have, even though we <laughs> thought we knew it all getting into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we kept telling people we did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, you heard at the beginning of the show how frustrated uh, Neil was at playing golf and and you know, you have moments when you walk off when you do that kind of frustrating thing saying, "I love this game," a little tongue in cheek. But when you say that, you must remember that the same people invented golf and called it a game that invented bagpipes and called it music.
3: And remember too, life is a gift. Go open it.
0: You've been listening to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at approachshot.net. How powerful is Cox Internet?